You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. We've all seen those terrible pictures of turtles with straws up their noses and fish with plastic bottles protruding from their bellies. And we have all heard pious statements about how we have to tackle this problem. Well, now the Ontario government is asking for input on banning single-use plastics like bags, water bottles, and straws throughout the province. The question was put in a discussion paper which outlines ideas for addressing the waste problem, and everyone has seized on that aspect of it, and at first I have to say I too. And I was quite taken by it because I did not expect this to be a priority for the Ford government. However, the idea of this type of ban is way down the list of suggestions in that paper, including things like reducing litter in our parks. And it's even number four out of five in the reducing plastic section of the paper. So what does that mean? Did they just throw it in there? Are they seriously considering it? And what do you think? Can you live without plastic straws and bottles. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we are going to Ian Arthur, who is the MPP for Kingston and the Islands and the NDP critic for environment and sustainability. Hi there, Ian. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So uh, is is this an important step forward? How do you see this in the government's paper? Uh, I, th- I think this is where the entire world is headed. The EU has already instituted a ban, uh, a proposed ban on single-use plastics and a time frame for actually making that happen. And I think at this point it's about whether there's the, the political courage and and I guess I would say the va- the values, those core values, to to kind of tell corporations what, what is going to be required and, and how we're going to change moving forward. Okay, and I'd also like to bring in Vito Bonsante, who is the Plastics Program Manager at Environmental Defense. Hello, Vito. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So how do you see this uh, call for public input? Uh, I noted just now that, you know, it, this particular item, which is, I guess, the lead, but they buried the lead in that paper. It's way down in their list of suggestions. Do you read anything into that? Well, I mean, like the fact that uh, uh, it's con- they're considering the, a ban on single-use plastic is is, is very uh, very much welcome. I'm, I was always almost surprised. I mean, there there are two things that I that uh, surprised me from this paper. First of all, was to see the statistics on uh, uh, waste generation in Ontario per capita. One ton of waste generation per person uh, is is a lot, and I think it puts us at the uh, number one waste generators uh, in the world. Uh, and the second thing was that I was positively surprised of, of the fact that this government is taking into consideration both uh, deposit return program on uh, um, non-alcoholic beverages, uh, because Ontario has one of the lowest uh, um, collection rates for this kind of uh, plastic bottles. And the second thing is... Uh, 
a broader uh, ban on single-use plastics. So what would that be? It is to be seen, but it's uh, surely we're surely welcome uh, for that, and we're going to be inputting on that. Um, again, Ian, do you do you think that the the way this was placed in the statement is, is of significance, uh, or do you think that maybe the government is about to do the right thing? I'm always skeptical that this government is going to do the right thing when it comes to the environment, and their record so far has shown that they've eliminated the Office of the Environmental Commissioner, the the cancelling of the cap-and-trade programs and all the environmental programs associated with that, and they're currently in the process of of repealing the Toxic Substances Act through Bill 66. So I haven't seen the kind of action that we need from the government on the environment so far, and I think that you very accurately pointed out how, how far down the list this possible ban is. But this, this is something that should be very simple. We, we need to move in this direction. We need the decisive action, and we need to happen it to happen soon. Um, uh, we in the Ontario NDP, we've been working on, on waste solutions for a while, and I'm, I'm bringing a bill forward on the Monday the legislature resumes, a week from now, to eliminate single-use plastics in Ontario. It's, it's something that we've been researching, we've been working on for some time. And if the government is, is serious about this, then they, you know, they, they just have to stand up and vote in favor of it. Uh, I, I would say uh, that's unlikely, even if they are yeah. in favor of it, that they yeah. would in, vote in favor of your bill. Uh, Vito Bonsante, one of the other questions in this statement is, is, is it workable? And, you know, I think about some things. I mean, first of all, there's the political aspect. And remember that it was Rob Ford, Doug Ford's brother, who reversed a ban on single-use plastic bags. But so, for instance, they're talking about uh, compost type waste that we now can compost, but you're allowed to put your compost inside a plastic bag and to put it directly into a bin in the city is something that is really not workable. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's say that uh, at at this stage, I think like there's a lot of alternative solutions that need to be taken into account and composting can be one. Uh, unfortunately, like some of these uh, solutions like composting are not uh, going to solve like environmental pollution because some uh, many composting, uh, compostable materials can only be composted at certain temperatures. So like if they end up into the environment, they will persist for, for decades there anyhow. Um, so, but but from the point of view of like what kind of solution this this government is considering, I completely agree uh, with uh, with Ian with the fact that this uh, this government like hasn't shown uh, much of leadership on uh, on environmental issues. Uh, but I my I'm hopeful that uh, and we're hopeful at environmental defense that where we have been fighting and we keep on fighting this government on other issues that maybe this is going to be their chance to uh, become. Uh, at least in, to some, uh, uh, in some aspects, like champions of the environment, and try to get all the the plastic out of uh, our environment. Considering that how much, you know, how much plastics end up in our waterways, and especially in the Great Lakes, it's ten ten thousand tons of plastic each year are estimated to end up in the Great Lakes, and uh, and uh, we're hoping that this government wants to do the right thing. And people should remember that, you know, once once the plastics are in the lakes and in the fish, they're they're in us as well. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's a, a much more research 
uh, there's many researchers that are looking at what happens to the plastic. I mean, the, the plastic is is both, you know, these big pieces of uh, of uh, these products that end up into the environment, but it's also like tiny pieces of plastic because plastics never biodegrades. It just uh, breaks into smaller pieces, and and as you said, like it gets eaten by fish, and uh, and then uh, eventually when we eat the fish, it, can, it enters into our bodies. I, I'd like to bring up something that that perhaps is easier to solve, and one of the points they make in this paper is that uh, in terms of recycling. Every municipality has different rules about what can be recycled, and the list of things keeps changing because the, the, the jurisdictions that actually take our waste keep changing. And a lot of people, we've had shows just, you know, uh, Recycling 101 trying to figure it out. I know that at home, uh, how many times a day or a week do I ask my husband, can we recycle this or that thing? So they talk about harmonizing it. How, how difficult a project is that, Ian Arthur? I think you have to look at how things are being packaged and sold to us, and they they do touch on the idea of, of producer responsibility for for what the, that they are manufacturing and, and selling to people. Because anytime you you combine a couple of different materials, it makes it non-recyclable, and in terms of different types of plastic or plastic and paper attached to each other in a way that can't be separated. And so there's been this emphasis that it, as individuals we have to kind of figure this out and then work with, and municipalities then have to do the sorting and and the recycling. And nowhere in that train of thought is the idea that companies manufacturing goods have some sort of responsibility to package and distribute and sell them in a manner where we can recycle it and divert it away from landfills. So I think that there's a paradigm shift needed here. We need need to readjust how we think about waste, except that we're putting too much of it into the environment, and and move to a system that's easy to understand and that businesses can understand and and adjust how they package and sell stuff so that they can make their business decisions in a long-term manner. Yeah, and and people, I want to get to the phones because they have filled up. But, you know, it can make a difference. And here is one small example. So a very high-end grocery in Toronto called Pusateries. They had their packaging were black plastic bags, and you cannot recycle the black plastic or the black paper. And people complained about it. And guess what? They now have white plastic. So, you know what? We can make a difference as consumers when we let people know what we want. But uh, let's go to the phones. Everybody hang on. We've got Lily in London. Hi, Lily. Oh, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, We're talking about the plastic in the oceans and the waterways. Well, I don't throw it in. You don't throw it in. So who is throwing it in? Is it the ocean liners? Are they uh, dumping their garbage overboard? Um, go after the people that are doing this. Well, uh, they get there by all kinds of manners. Uh, and even if it's not you or me, it's a lot of other people. And it's not, it's not just ocean liners. Uh, thanks for your call, Lily. Uh, is there a different answer to that, uh, Vito? 
Oh no! I mean, unfortunately, like uh, it, it, it is convenient to think about this uh, the, the the problem of, of plastic in our oceans and in our waterways as a as a littering problem. But unfortunately, that that it's not the only way that it gets uh, it gets in. Like you know, we we all put out our our blue box, and uh, and you know, the wind can blow away um, you know the, the the stuff we we try to recycle in our blue box. Landfills are not covered, and and you know, plastic is uh, is lightweight, and it just gets blown away, and 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 gets into into the waterways. And on top of that, uh, if people don't have incentives for uh, for not throwing stuff in uh, in the environment, uh, it's going to continue to happen. And that's why we always insist that a deposit return scheme that gives value to the material, uh, it gives an incentive for people not to throw things away and uh, to bring them back to the store. Okay, let's hear from Joan in Oshawa. Hi, Joan. Hello, Libby. Um, I use recycle, um, how do you call it? Recycle, ah, I can't even talk straight. Uh, bags that are, uh, cotton. Yep. And, um, the other bags that they, they're, they're, how do you call it? They make a noise when they, they crinkle. My goodness sake, those things can last a lifetime. And, um, I don't like the plastic bags. I never have because, uh, number one, they're ugly looking. I mean, for any kind of use. Um, and what's wrong with people using glass? I, w- I wish that the manufacturers would stop using plastic for things like ketchup and everything. What happened to the glass, for goodness sakes? You know, I think that uh, people have to start, you know, demanding that uh, we go back to the old ways, the cardboard, the glass, and um, reusable bags that you can find you can buy them and i prefer them because that way it saves me a you know five to ten cents every time i go shopping because you have to pay for them in in uh some of the stores. That's that's true. Uh, there are some problems with those cloth bags. You have to be careful. You have to wash them regularly. Yes. Yes, but uh, you can throw them in in the washer once a week. Depending, I mean, if there's, you know, if there's anything spilt in them or anything like that, then you can, you know, even wash them by hand. It doesn't take, you know, but a few minutes, you know, and people would be better off because um, I I find, and the plastic is is made of uh, oil and other materials, and uh, it's not safe for our food, and I don't like the plastic wrap on everything, meats, and oh, for goodness sakes, oh, you know, almost everything you buy has plastic over it or around it or something. That's true. Thanks, Joan. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and if you buy, um, you know, stuff uh, like little electronics or something, it, it can be almost impossible to get the plastic off of it. It's, it's crazy. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the packaging industry has been talking about this for decades, Vito. Why has there not been progress? Um, they make money out of it, right? Uh, 40% of all the plastic made every year and uh, the quantity of plastic keeps on growing, uh, the amount that it's made um, is uh, is uh, done for packaging. 
so 40% is a lot of plastic and 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 obviously uh, it it's convenient for uh, the plastic industry that obviously wants to sell its product and, and wants to wants to sell more uh, more packaging and uh, the other problem is that uh, making plastic is cheap uh, plastic as uh, as our listener said uh, is made with uh, with oil or with byproducts of uh, um <clears throat> of the oil industry and uh, and unfortunately uh if laws don't intervene to curb the uh, amount of plastic that we we make and we use we will keep on having more and more and more and more plastic and more and more of that plastic is going to keep on spilling into the environment Okay, uh, let us hear from Keith in Stouffville. And I see, Keith, you're talking about littering, but as we've just been hearing from our guests, it's it's not just a litter problem. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, this is a huge mountain to climb. And as far as glass is concerned, can you imagine taking home 24 bottles of water and, and, they're, and they're put in glass? And then glass is going get, to get broken, and, you know, that's it's just a nightmare. But anyways, I wanted to just say, you know, it's all got to do with recycling and that too, but also littering, a lot of littering. Now, when I went to school, Libby, I don't know if you had yeah, But we just school. heard, Keith, to just to... To interrupt you, it's it. There's there is a problem with littering, but littering is not the biggest part of the problem with this. We just heard that from from Vito. It, it the problem. Okay, but 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 what I'm saying is, if they're t- the kids are taught in school, that is we uh, would all have to do with recycling and that too. But you know about uh, 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 throwing things away that are just you know it's not put in a garbage or anything like that. We were told at school every morning to not be a litter bug. Okay, Keith, thanks it, for that. Um, yeah, we're just hearing that littering is well. There is a problem with littering, but littering is not causing this problem. I, I want to touch on the question of how effective is this going to be if it comes into effect? Ian Arthur, what is the role of government in this? I think the role of government is to provide incentives for for companies to make the the switch on a mass scale, because you you can talk about the individual onus, and and we want to we all want to be good citizens, and certainly not littering is important, and recycling is important, all that. But unless there is a shift on a corporate level, away from packaging in this manner, away from over frankly over packaging things, the electronics you use is a is an excellent example of that. Then we're not going to be able to to solve it. It is a the the caller was right in terms of it is a monumental task to take on. But as I said at the beginning of this call, it, it's something that other jurisdictions in the world are tackling. It, it's the way the world is going, and I, I think this is an opportunity for Ontario to show some leadership in this area. Do we have data on how it's going in other places? Uh, last summer, I was in Portugal, and in Lisbon, they have no plastic bags. So if you bought something to take home, they, you know, put it in paper. How is that going, Vito, in, in other jurisdictions? Well, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Portugal that is part of the European Union. <clears throat> uh, the the EU has uh, uh, already several years ago uh, tried to eliminate the lightweight plastic bags, and and so uh, they <clears throat> they are largely illegal in 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 most European countries, and and so it's you could, you're only able to to buy the thicker one, which can be reused. Uh, reused. I I have lived in Europe, and I still have here. 
um, at home, like uh, a few bags that I bought uh, in Belgium, and I and I keep on uh, I keep on reusing them, and uh, uh, because like you know those uh, those lightweight bags just uh, break very easily and cannot be cannot be reused more than once. Well, it depends uh, which which kind. I mean, the the kind that the 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 supermarkets now charge a nickel for. Uh, if if I get them, I use them a lot more than once. Oh yeah, uh, it, it's the really thin ones that you would say put your meat into. Those don't last more than once. Yeah, meat, produce, and, and things like that. And yeah, there, and and uh, and there are many that we use. But also going back to your question, like um, uh, there are countries that are trying to ban completely single-use plastic like you know Kenya Rwanda and uh, some some smaller islands because it's it's a it's a massive challenge for them you know like being invaded by by plastics on their shore but uh, you know uh, I, I guess Europe is a is quite comparable uh, in terms of socioeconomics to to Canada and to Ontario and uh, they have uh, recently agreed to ban uh, about Ten different uh, 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 plastic uh, products, including like uh, plastic cutlery, plastic plates, uh, uh, styrofoam for food. Uh, I mean, all all products that can be easily substituted and are never recycled. Uh, and, and on top and of sorry, that, so what what do they use instead of plastic cutlery? They use paper. They can use they they use paper they they use uh, bamboo they use uh, they use other materials like or or they they just uh, uh, have strategies for uh, for reusing I mean this is a law that just came into force so it's it's not uh, uh, it's not enforced yet it, it was just approved and it will come into force in a couple of years so you know industry will have uh, a bit of time to uh, to adapt and uh, and uh, and to face out uh, easily these uh, these products do you mind uh, and if you look at somewhere like Ireland, actually was one of the first places to introduce a, a plastic bag tax, uh, and they did it, it. I think it worked out to be about fifty cents Canadian, and they had a for every bag for every bag they oh, had a ninety four percent reduction in plastic bag use within weeks, and then they proceeded with a plastic bag ban. So they did that quite a while ago. That that's one of the most likely items to be targeted in in a single use ban. So there there are examples out there, and and you can see the effectiveness that it has had. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 50 cents more is a lot more than a nickel. And, and the thing that drives me crazy about the nickel is that it seems to me that that, that just goes to the bottom line profits of the grocery stores. Absolutely, because it's not costing them a nickel to produce that bag. No, it's costing them a lot less than a penny. Uh, let's take a couple more calls. Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hi, Kathy. Hi. I have a couple of points to make. Um, I don't understand. When we recycle, I thought our plastic was going, like, to the right place, but I saw a special on TV the other day that a lot of our plastic is being taken over to Thailand and places like that, and now they're stuck with it. I don't know why they can't do something with this plastic. Why can't they make things out of it or something so that everybody doesn't have to be stuck with it forever and ever? Well... Uh, okay, I will let some of it d- does go. Uh, some of it does get redone, but you need jurisdictions that are going to take it, right, Vito? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the, the and and this is also related to the fact why some communities take certain uh, products and some don't. Is, is that recycling is a uh, is, is a market, and in order to to create a market, you need uh, uh, a, a large quantity. The, it, 
need to be easy to to process and uh, and uh, for many many years uh, our governments and uh, many governments have found it the, the easiest way to deal with this plastic problem and often like little value plastic was to ship it to China then China a couple of years ago uh, stopped <clears throat> uh, accepting all this plastic and uh, and now we're sending it to Malaysia and and, and to other South Asian countries and Southeast Asian countries that are finding them stuck uh, stuck with this. That's why we're saying like we need to reduce the amount of plastic that we that we use so that we generate less plastic. And the plastic and ideally we should have plastic waste that is then valuable to be turned again in other products. Like like it happens with plastic uh, with plastic bottles. Like that's uh, valuable plastic. And it gets recycled, but we need some incentives to to make that happen. Okay, and uh, Bill, you make a point that uh, the plastic comes from China. Well, yeah, I actually was reading an article. I can't remember where I was reading it, but it said that the vast majority of the plastic in the ocean is coming out of seven rivers in China. So we're all the world shipping their recycle to China, and I think you know maybe is that the way they're getting rid of it? I don't know, but. The thing is, we should be keeping our own waste here, and governments should be coming up with strategies. Why would you Why would you put a plastic product out there that's non-recyclable? You know, you, you sit there and you look at it, it you have to go uh, to the internet and, and search everything to find out if you can throw it out, what you do with it. Well, exactly. Good point, Bill. Thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, and, and sometimes they mix materials. I mean, sometimes you get a bag that's a paper bag, or it's a little plasticized, but it's got a cloth handle, and, and you can't recycle it unless you cut the cloth handles off. Um, so uh, I guess it gets complicated. Let's take one more from Anthony in Niagara. Hi there. Hey, how are you? Fine. Good, good. Well, I always uh, see that uh, any type of drink in a glass container tastes much better when you're drinking it, next to plastic. And also, uh, the paper straw, that's a good idea. I, I mean, paper straws would be much better than uh, plastic. I saw once a documentary about uh, in the oceans where there were some large turtles of some sort. They had yep. a straw in its nose. I really yep. felt bad for that. Yep, yep. That's not good for anybody, no Anthony. No Thanks good. for that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we are starting to wrap up on this. Ian Arthur, what would you like to leave us with? I just that I think this is an incredibly important issue and, and that we absolutely need to move forward. It's recycling and, and waste is provincial jurisdiction, and we really do need to see leadership in, in this area. And the NDP, we're, we're, we're developing a waste strategy and a waste plan. We're, we're certainly willing to share that with the government and, and to hold them to account as the opposition and, and make sure that they move in the right direction on this. Okay, well, uh, good luck with that, as they say. And Vito Bonsante, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I want to say that uh, uh, individual uh, behavior is important, but what we need is uh, leadership from, uh, we need regulation that uh, guide both industry and uh, uh, consumers, uh, consumers' choice, and, uh, and we need to reduce the amount of plastic that we use and the plastic waste uh, we generate, and, uh, and we're hoping that strong laws are put in place uh, by this uh, provincial government uh, so that we can achieve, like uh, Canada, a clean, beautiful Canada without waste by as soon as possible, what we're hoping by 2025. Okay. Thank you both, Vito Bonsante and Ian Arthur. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 